Hello, my name is Mark Kilmurray and welcome to another of our Almost Live from the Ensemble Theatre. This is a regular podcast where we talk to very exciting, wonderful people who are working here at the moment. My guest now is a triple threat, triple Helpman Award winner and triple times at the uh, at the Ensemble Theatre. Sharon Millerchip, hello. How are you? What a lovely introduction. Uh, Actually, well, I think it's my fourth time at the ensemble. Oh, yes, it is. You're right. Oh, well, that didn't quite work. Oh, well, we'll edit that out afterwards. Anyway, um, so you've literally just come off the stage, having done Shirley Valentine this morning, um, and you opened last week. It was a massive week, massive, huge <laughs> role. Um, how's it going at the moment? Well, it's great now. It was. It really was the world's longest week. I think I aged about 18 years, which is... <laughs> You know, probably good. I'm very method. But um, it was a fantastic week. But, of course, leading up to opening, you carry all of this baggage with you, which is, you know, anxiety and the nerves and the adrenaline, and and that's quite taxing as well. So to get to the end of of last week felt a little bit like I had climbed a mountain. And now I'm in the phase of just really loving what I'm doing. Now I get to just enjoy it, and I'm I'm performing it 1,000% for the audience and and that's a beautiful feeling yes it is i have to have a disclaimer i have directed shirley valentine so uh, <laughs> i can't rave too much about it. it's brilliant <laughs> the direction but, is incredible yeah, amazing um but it was uh, yes it was a huge role and it became very apparent i think in the first week of rehearsal how big this role is yes. and how uh, uh how much work it takes to to put this on stage liverpool accent just you on the stage how do you feel you you've done uh, solo shows before but how do you prepare before you come into the rehearsal room? This it has taken sort of more preparation than anything I've done before. I mean, the last show that I did at the Ensemble was Bombshells, and that was, as you said, a one-woman show, but it was six different characters. So each character was sort of encapsulated, you know. It had its own accent. and the, So learning it was actually a bit easier, whereas this just felt... It was just vast. You know, it was 35 pages of dense dialogue and the accent, which I did find quite challenging, I have to say, more challenging than I anticipated because I've, I've got a pretty good ear, but I did find this really difficult. But the thing about the script as well is that it's written in such an airy, conversational manner. So, she, you know, it has to feel incredibly naturalistic. And for it to feel that naturalistic and in the moment and off the cuff, I knew I had to know it implicitly. I... I couldn't devote any of my brain space to trying to remember lines. I wanted to be able to give all of my intellect to being in, in the moment and not sort of reaching for words. So I did a lot of preparation leading up to the first day, and, I, and I'm really glad that I did, obviously. I, I would have been shaking in my boots had I not felt on top of the script. Yes, it was amazing seeing you walk into the room and know it. I mean, and it gives you another week's rehearsal you'd get another week out of it because yeah. you're not struggling for lines and asking for lines or words. It was uh, fabulous to see. And as you say, with the accent and all the thought processes and uh, cooking eggs and chips <laughs> as well, um, Willie Russell's play is uh, was written in 1984, 85. So it's uh, a long time since it was uh, been on the stage. So um, And it's fabulous. It's still relevant and people are still laughing. And as we see, standing ovations, which is uh, which is fabulous. That was really special. Just mm. walked off the stage to that. So Very it's nice. a lovely way to start a Tuesday. I can, it is I can as well. Assure yes. you. And a night off to start. A night off. Um, can I just take you back to the beginning a little bit? <laughs> so, as a performer, why, how, when did you think I want to go on the stage? 
I was at the Johnny Young Talent School from a very young age. <laughs> I th- you know, I think I watched Young Talent Time and, you know, was in love with Tina Arena and Bobby Dreesen and said, I want to be them and inform my parents that that's where I should go. And, and how old were you? When I, I'd started ballet at about five, I think. So I'd had a few years of ballet behind me, but I was probably about eight or nine. And I stayed there at the Johnny Young Talent School till I was about 15 but and and I was in a performing group as well and we did shopping center shows and cruise ships and I did appear on Young Talent Time a number of times so it was pretty exciting so I was you know that cheesy song and dance kid with you know the rollers in the hair on the way to the shopping center <laughs> um uh and so it I really wanted to do it I I I guess I'd thought of it as a career. I do remember being at high school and the careers advisor asking me what I wanted to do. And when I said I wanted to be a performer, she sort of went, well, that's not a... No, you have to pick something from this list. Yeah, <laughs> performer right. wasn't actually really an option. But um, uh, I auditioned for Cats uh, while I was waiting for my HSC results. Gosh. So I, I, was, I was set to go to uni to, to do dance, um, but I got into Cats instead. But you must have done shows before then over the years in amateur dramatics? Or oh, yes, I played Baby or... June at yeah, the Rockdale right. Musical Society production <laughs> of Gypsy. Thank you. Uh, and uh, what else did I do? Oh, I, Forest Youth Theatre Company, Oklahoma. So you knew you, you could do it? Oh, I knew than, musicals. Yeah, there was something yeah. about, yeah, the storytelling of it that I did really love, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I, it's funny, isn't it? I hadn't really considered that I would be in music theatre as a career. I thought right. dance was where what I mm. wanted to do. But. And Cats, where did you audition for Cats? I auditioned for, um, it was actually in the school holidays. I'd just finished and I was doing a show on the Gold Coast called Alligator Jones in the City of Sin. Oh. And while I was there, Great a friend piece. said, oh, they're doing open calls for Cats. And there was a queue down the street. Like, there were yes. thousands of it. It was on the news. It was the cattle you know, call. The big it? cattle call. Mm, it was on the mm. news saying, Cats is coming to town, you know, audition for Cats. And they auditioned all over Australia. And I auditioned. And then they flew me to Sydney to audition again. And I got it. I wow. bloody got it. <laughs> How did, I, that must have been amazing feeling when you... Uh, it was. Amazing. I thought, oh, well, I've, I've arrived now. Yeah. <laughs> but, I did, but, I was a, but I was a swing on Cats, which is probably the hardest job in showbiz. And what does that mean? A swing is uh, is an understudy that covers multiple roles. So uh, if one of the ensemble perhaps move up into a principal role, a swing will step in to replace them within the ensemble. But Cats is, you know, it's choreographed to, you know, it's a it's a garbage dump of cats. It's just kids and cats flying everywhere. Mm. And if you don't know exactly what you're doing, you will totally be barreled. And so I covered six roles and went on for all of them. Sometimes, you know, one cat in Act One, another cat in Act Two. So if you want an apprenticeship <laughs> yeah, in the music theatre, that's the one to do. Yeah. And uh, how long did you do that for? Uh, about a year and a half, because I did graduate and become. Wow. I played Demeter, right. which was the neurotic cat and typecast so, so early on. And when you've had that success or and that employment, then what did you do? What was the next decision? Because was that to go back and train, or was it to continue? Or it would actually Joanne Robertson, who was the director of Cats, had said there's a new musical coming called Phantom of the Opera oh, right. and you would be great as the role of Meg. And I was like, oh, really? Um, but she had to be a ballet dancer and it had been a few years. So I did, I took myself back to ballet lessons for that oh, and uh, and I auditioned and I, I got it. So I, re- I literally stepped sort of from Cat straight into Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, I but... actually auditioned for Hal Prince in New York because when he was coming to Australia, I was travelling. And I remember he, um, I'd been on this holiday 
and I knew that I was auditioning for Hal Prince in New York at the end of my holiday. So I Amazing. took my point shoes and I did a ballet bar every morning of this holiday. You know, I'm in Mexico and I'm doing a ballet bar out <laughs> the veranda. And I got to New York and went up to, you know, Rockefeller Plaza to meet with Hal Prince, thinking I was going to dance. And, and we chatted for a bit. And, he, and uh, I said, so, you know, when, when do you think you'll make a decision? He went, oh, you've got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, it's fine. We love you. Wow. And that was it. I didn't have to dance or anything and like why, that. Why was that? Just because he met you, liked you, thought I you I just could think do he it? had to have the final say off, you know, sign off. But so they, I thought I had to dance, but they, they'd said, oh, they'd this is you. the girl we want. I'd auditioned in Australia, yeah. but he hadn't seen me, so oh, okay. he just needed to give me the nod. And he wanted to know if you were just a nice person or not. <laughs> if I just if I had the right vibe. What an amazing And audition. I got it and then, you know, went up the Empire State Building and thought, Oh, yeah. oh, brilliant. Did a twirl up there, I hope. Yeah, fell off. Um, <laughs> and auditioning, I can't bear. I could never bear auditioning. So how is that? It's what? awful. But you, you've done very well with a... You sort of turn out I don't know, I always... in New York, get the job. Why is it awful? I think I've always said, I think I get jobs in spite of the auditions that I do. <laughs> I really am a pretty rotten auditioner. In fact, the last two big shows I've done, I've gotten in without really auditioning mm. because... For Roxy, they kept. I'd played Velma Kelly in Chicago yep. years earlier, and they said we want you to come in for Roxy. And I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to give me Roxy. I think I kept saying no, don't want to audition, don't want to audition, don't want to, no, 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 don't want to. And literally on the last day, they said it's not an audition. Just come in. Right. Come in, and we'll have a little, you know, sing around the piano and very casual. And I went, all right. And then I got it. And the same, exactly the same thing happened with with Love Never Dies in Phantom of the Opera because I thought they're just getting me to come in as a novelty because mm. I played Meg Jury 20 years yeah. earlier. They're never going to give me this part. Then so I waited till all the auditions were over and then just went and you know met with them and got it. But have you ever... That's my tactic. Uh, yeah, that's right. Just wait. But have you ever then auditioned and not got the role? Oh, like, yeah. Have you? I've auditioned about three times to play Eponine in Les Mis, uh -huh. and I've wanted it so badly that I have been rotten every single time. <laughs> it's just... Maybe next time don't audition, just hang around and say, I'll come <laughs> in and have a chat. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll, yeah, I'll let you know. I'll agree to be yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. they'll give it you. <laughs> um, but that's an incredible feeling when you get the gig, obviously, then you've got to do it. Yeah. But particularly for like Phantom and then the uh, Love Never Dies, how did how did you feel when you got that, because that continuing character is quite rare as well. Yeah, there was something romantic about that yeah, idea. Amazing. That, you know, she was only meant to have aged 10 years and sadly I'd aged 20, but right. um, but it, it was, yeah, there was something poetic to it and it felt good. But, you know, I... I've been doing all the singing and dancing roles, you know, I'm in mm. any spring chicken. I'm still up there dancing. They're throwing me around and catching me and lifting me. And I'm, and I was thinking, gosh, there must be an easier way to make a living. I have to go work in a florist. This is too hard. Um, if you, when you got, when Love Never Dies, do you then go and see as many, like you see it and you listen to the music and all of that before you do the role here or if it's open in West End or, or do you try and avoid and just look, study for yourself, the music and... They always say you shouldn't really listen to no. anybody else because mm. you can, you know... Pick things up. You get, yeah, mannerisms yeah. And, and, yeah. and vocal sort of ticks that somebody else is doing somewhere else and you you feel like you could be tricked into thinking that it's an asset to get sort of a knee up, but actually I think it can undermine you. It stops yeah. you making, you know, organic decisions. So I generally don't do that. I'll, I'd prefer to go and get somebody to put it down 
put the accompaniment down yeah, for me and I'll just learn yeah. it from the notes. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. And then interpreting the role the way you think it might be until you get yeah. together with the director. Yeah. yeah. So um, Little Red Riding Hood, where did where did she fit into this <laughs> trajectory? Well, when we were doing Phantom, they, we did a, a charity concert version uh, in Melbourne and Marina Pryor played the princess and... John M.A. was in it, and all, it was fabulous. It was just a one-off event, and I played Little Red Riding Hood in mm. that. And it had been a bit of a hit for everybody. It was such an, a fantastic experience. And Brian Stacey, who was our MD on Phantom of the Opera, was the MD on the concert production and was the MD on the Sydney Theatre Company production of Into the Woods. And so he got me in the door. I mean, normally, you know, I wouldn't really have had a look in, I don't think, oh, right. at an audition for the Sydney Theatre Company, I don't no, think. No, right. Um, Directed by Wayne Harrison. Wayne Harrison, yep. Yeah. And... I auditioned for it and and I got it and um, it was one of those things I'd other than doing it in the concert version I'd never done any comedy before and I'd never really experienced that and when you're in a rehearsal room I know from experience now you know when you're rehearsing a comedy you don't get any laughs in the rehearsal room you know you're really doing gags for crickets and I do remember the first night going out in front of this audience in um, into the woods because we'd cancelled all the previews. We'd had this triple revolve oh. and we'd cancelled all the previews. So the very first time we ran it from beginning to end without stopping was opening night Gosh. with all the reviewers in and all that sort of thing. So I got out there and I couldn't believe it. I kept saying these lines and and there was all this laughter. It was <laughs> I I physically remember how it felt. I was nobody was more astounded that I was, that somehow these things were coming out of my mouth and I was getting this, <laughs> this weird reaction. I don't think anybody in the cast anticipated it either. No. We were all going, wow, we didn't think that was going to fly, but it's a great but role. But it did. But yeah, it's so a great that, role. That stunned look was genuine of yeah. <laughs> lost in the woods. Um, it's when my father-in-law first saw you and completely fell in love with you. So every time I say I'm working with Sharon, he said, oh, I love Sharon. So uh, it was a great gig for you, though, I think. It was that. a really good gig. Yeah, yeah it was... Yeah. It was the first time I really thought, oh, maybe I've got a comedic bent. Mm. And I didn't know that previously. And oh, also, right. it was working with the City Theatre Company. It was text-based. And it really, it was a great opportunity, really. And you said um, it, that The Last of the Red Hot Lovers was was a challenge for you in that way as well, because of the three roles, uh, which, again, disclaimer, I directed it. So um, it was a great, great <laughs> show, uh, marvellously directed. Um, because I remember, I mean, they're three distinct characters. But again, I remember you turning up almost the first week and you knew all your lines you knew your characters so well well I'm a preparer yeah you are. and I think you when are. you come from a dance background mm. you there's that discipline to it you mm. you I don't know it's just how I, I'm very pragmatic about how I do it I'm not a person who likes to wing it I like to really know what I'm doing yeah. but you know I've only done three plays in my whole life and they've all been here at the ensemble. Wow. So when you offered me The Last of the Red Hot Lovers, it was the first straight play I'd ever done, you know, <laughs> at this seasoned age. Right. Yes. I had um, no idea. So I an incredible it. opportunity. I mean, wow. Yeah. So it was it was huge. Yeah, it was a big huge. thing, you know. No singing, no dancing. No, that's right. Elaine, Bobby and Jeanette, they were great characters. Fantastic characters. They were fantastic. And it was a, and with Jamie Oxenbold was playing opposite. Oh. Um it was a really lovely. Oh, he's uh, so awful to work with. Clearly, yeah. no. yeah. <laughs> please yeah. hear the sarcasm in my voice. Yeah, he's, that's right. He's absolutely heaven. Jamie, if you're listening, yeah. uh, you know it's terrific. But so that must have been uh, amazing to break through to know you could do that, though. and especially with the comedy you're talking about, comic timing from Into the Woods. But um, you know, Last of the Red Hot Lovers is is up there. It was Simon. a huge relief to me. It yeah. was. I really was going to go out there, and I had. I thought, well, if I'm a train wreck. I think, well, that was an experiment. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Uh, and I do remember even, you know, a couple of the reviews sort of saying that it was a surprise. Mm. They're going, oh, mm. well, we, didn't, mm. we didn't know that, didn't see that coming, didn't know that she would be able to pull yeah. that off. But So it, it gave me confidence. Yeah. Great. Um, just to know that this is a working theatre, so we have working sounds in the background. We're actually getting solar panels put on the roof and uh, things are happening. So all the noises you hear are just for you to give you the idea of your behind the scenes. Um, so Beauty and the Beast, how did that What did, how did that go? What was that like? First leading lady, really, you yeah. know, I thought, oh, I'm the new Marina Pryor. <laughs> of course, that is not the case because <laughs> Marina Pryor, you know, yeah. it was a... It was a beautiful opportunity. I, you know, I loved it. I loved the show. I still love the show. I think it's, you know, my favourite sort of Disney show. So that was a, a great opportunity. And, you know, my best friend, Rachel Beck, so we auditioned for it together, of course, and uh, Rachel got it, you know, curses. <laughs> uh, and then she left the show and then they offered it to me. So it's really, right. you know, it can either build or ruin a friendship probably but it's i think it speaks of our friendship that we're still you know besties yeah. well, godmother to each other's children so mm. um yeah i i truly loved that show I and it was it. a massive massive show too massive show yeah but yeah and what but so so i'm interested if you're sort of nervous like shirley valentine i know you're on your own and also last red hot lovers but you you did beauty and the beast and into the woods so to me that's massive because you're singing, you're dancing, you're acting. But for you, it's the I drama. I know, but there's, but there's all these... Well, the, but you're so supported right. by all of these things, you know. I mm. mean, this is just... Net, you're so naked out there here yeah. at the ensemble, you know. I mean, there's really... you can you just got to get rid of all that artifice. Whereas, you know, music theatre, I've got an orchestra, literally. Yeah. I have an orchestra. I have gazillions of dollars' worth of costumes. I have sound. I've got an ensemble. I've got all of these incredible <laughs> things around me. And... The other things are too, the good and the bad thing about something like Beauty and the Beast is that it's been done elsewhere. So it's a polished diamond. You know, we we get it at this fully formed, perfect thing. So if you just honour the material they've given you, you're okay. Whereas here we make we make many unique choices. We make, we, you know, organically um, develop something and, you know, you can win or lose with that. So there is an element more of risk, I think. So just briefly, in the future, what's coming up? Anything you could tell us or don't know? I, I have not a day's work oh, after okay. this closes. Right. <laughs> so there, there you go. go. There you go oh, I, think I do do, um, you know, I do sort of mastery classes type things and, yes. and workshop things. Yep. So there's a bit of that, but yes, so, but, I'm but, ready and available. But performing is sort of where you're thinking again? I, to be perfectly honest, I thought that perhaps, because I actually... <laughs> I'm getting really good at saying no. I have actually turned down a tour of a, of a play. Right. Because I thought I just really want to do things that make my heart sing. And I felt like I wanted to use this experience as a bit of a litmus test about how I felt about it. If I could, could I, could I have this kind of intense experience and not let it kill me? Mm. You know, can I actually take the enjoyment out of it and, and release myself from some of mm. the, the pressure and the anxiety that I felt before? And I think I'm doing a better job of it this time. So, Good. you know, we'll wait and see. I was going to say present company, you know. <laughs> Except <laughs> for working with Mark and Murray, who is yeah. a tyrant. Tyrant. Um, 
but it is a big thing to do and it's a massive thing to go out on stage on your own it's a pleasure for me pleasure watching you all the time I'm every time I see the show I see something a bit new and a bit different the timing slightly changes and I love that in a performer so it's, oh, it's a treat very kind. and you, you absolutely deserved all the reviews and all the standing ovations We'll, we'll see Let's you again. You yeah, out. we'll do something else. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you, Can Sharon. you put me in a show with someone else? Yes, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> Even one person would help. Just it? one person. 50% easier straight away. <laughs> it would be. Thank you, Sharon, for talking to us today. Bye.